Hello and welcome to episode one of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's guest, the first guest ever on the Quickie Podcast, is somebody who actually had a part in creating the Quickie Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Emily McLean. She is also known as the Lively Artist on Instagram. She was the designer I worked with for the logo and creation of the Quickie Podcast. So I really enjoyed chatting with her on this uh, on this interview and having her as the first interview on the podcast. So have a listen. Cue the intro. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Uh, Emily, thank you so much for being on the show. Just a quick little introduction for you. I'm speaking with Emily, who is a graphic designer and illustrator uh, under the name The Lively Artist. Hello, Emily. Hello, Dave. Um, So I want to just dive right in. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Yeah. um, So as you said, I am a designer and illustrator. I'm currently doing freelance work based out of Vancouver, um, but I'm originally from the Fraser Valley, born and raised, and I went to... Yeah. (laughs) And I went to the University of the Fraser Valley there, did their diploma program in graphic and digital design. And yeah. (laughs) That's great. Great little intro. And if you always done freelance or where were you before? Did you, did you come out of school and just dive into freelance or where did you go? Um, so when I first got out of, uh, university, I kind of took a bit of time. I was working at Starbucks. So I think I was still working at Starbucks for about like another month or two. And then I decided, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do anything design, I'm going to need to be out in Vancouver. So I just upped and moved. And, uh, and then a week later I got a job in like the design world. I started working at a company called free agency creative and I was there for three and a half years. Oh, right on. So you did your time. Yes, I did my time. Yeah. And then after that, I was doing some marketing design at a company called Stat Analytics. Cool. And then that ended uh, November 30th. And so, I mean, I've been doing freelance design uh, on and off for about four years now. And then now I'm doing it full time. Right on. That's great. And coming yeah. to Vancouver rent. I love it. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. um, what was your childhood like? Tell me, do you feel that you had a creative childhood and you can define that as you feel? I very much had a creative childhood. I've been drawing for as long as I can remember. Um, there's a picture of me, actually, and it's like, you know those uh, Fisher-Price art easels that you can get? Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a picture of me, like, sitting in front of it, painting when I was, like, five years old. Um, and then, like, throughout school, like, I and in middle school, um, yeah, I took a bunch of art courses. Um, my first elementary school was uh, North Poplar Fine Arts. So no, that's where my kids go. Oh, nice. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a great school. Um, So yeah, I've been doing art classes from that. Um, And then when we moved out to Chilliwack, um, it wasn't a fine arts school, but I still took like all the art courses possible. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be an artist no matter what. So I was like, I was going to originally be an art teacher and then kind of like made my way into the design field. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, definitely a creative childhood right from a young age came up through the fine arts school 
Yes. And, uh, and that really sort of paved the way to you becoming a designer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So is there a definitive time um, throughout that, that phase, your childhood or elementary school, where you started noticing and paying attention to design? And how did, what did you start seeing? Um, well, not so much design in my childhood. It was still, it was mainly just like creative arts or like painting, drawing and things like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't really start noticing design until I was actually in the design program. I didn't really, like when people told me about graphic design, I just assumed it was like web graphics and like videos and like things like that. I didn't realize that there was a whole nother world with like print layouts because we didn't have any courses like that in my high school. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know like a lot of people had that like course that they could take in high school. So for me, it was just like completely new field. And I went into it thinking like, oh, like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to take a gamble and hope it works out for the best. So I, yeah, I didn't start noticing design until I started the program in uh, 2013. So you were on the art, like you noticed art, you started paying attention yes, to that. Yeah. Yeah. And you were on the artist path and decided to sort of expand on that by yeah. taking a graphic designer course, fell in love and expanded from there. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I originally was in the BFA um, and I was about, I think, almost done this first semester and I was looking ahead to all the different courses that I had to take and I was like, this is not for me. There are so many courses on here that I don't want to take and like, you know, this will be the next four years of my life. Like this just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like the right path for me. So I actually ended up um, resigning from the BFA program and then took a semester off and in that um, semester off I was like working at Starbucks and I was doing research as to like what I can do with art that would actually pay the bills and that's when I stumbled yeah. across design yeah that's like the biggest thing is like finding some way to actually pay the bills with like still being creative yeah for sure yeah. very cool yeah um, so when you started out on this process what's something you now know that you wish you knew back then that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I feel like a lot of companies that you work at, you know, they kind of, again, I don't want to like, you know, say this is of all companies, but there are, you know, like there was a few companies that I worked at and when you made a mistake, it kind of just, like, you just felt the dread and you could tell that everybody around you was not super thrilled with you. And I feel like, and I went to this, um, this one speaking event and they were talking about failure and they were saying that, you know, people, like I said, like people just, they have this like negative aspect around what failure is and making mistakes. And they said that you should really just embrace your failure and embrace all the mistakes you make because that's how you grow and that's how you learn. And like when you tackle things in the future, you'll look back and be like, oh yeah, I made that mistake. Make sure I don't do it this time. So yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's almost the definition of the creative field. You know, you get an yeah. idea yeah. you get a concept go for it, power mm -hmm. forward. It may yeah. fall flat on its face, Yes, <laughs> but it might not. It might come yeah. up with something really cool that lasts for years and years. Yes. Yeah. So just like, yeah, embrace the failures. <laughs> Very cool. I love that advice. So mm -hmm. I want to now nail down into some of your personal work and yeah. how you come up with designs, how you develop designs. Mm -hmm. um, how do you get a project started? Um, so in terms of like my freelance work, um, usually I'll start off with, um, if like, if the client has a name for the project or even if, if they don't, I'll take the idea as to what they like, they brought to me 
and I'll start to make notes. I'll start finding definitions. If they've given me a name, I'll define that name, like literally just go and Google, what does this mean? And start taking notes that way and just trying to build up um, a list that I can work off of and start to create visuals from. And then also, you know, like what is the target audience? You know, what is the scope of the project? What are the deliverables that they need? And once I kind of have that set out, then I'll start to like, figure out my own visuals and then I'll start looking for inspiration. So whether it be like online resources or, you know, more like tangible items, I'll start building collections like that, creating mood boards and then going from there into actually like sketching things out. So the mood boards and the sketching after that initial research is really how you go from a blank page to start developing the concept. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. But I mean, like, and it depends too on, you know, how big the project is, because sometimes that that process isn't as large if the client already has that set out themselves and they provide that information toward like to you. Um, or like even like in terms of like sketching, you know, I I'm very guilty of not taking enough time to just like sketch on paper before I go into the digital world, because I'm just, you know, the digital world, it's, it's so great because you can so easily make designs and make changes and like, you know, the undo button and like all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's such a, it's a a freer format of creating and it's great, but I also need to like take in mind, like, you know, it is also important to have that sketching phase beforehand because it's like you, you think differently when you're sketching versus when you're on the the screen. So that uh, initial artist learning. uh, Yes. (laughs) Definitely coming in handy. Yes, it is very much is. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. So in your personal portfolio, what are what's a project or two that you're really proud of? Some of the highlights. I mean, I'm I'm proud of each for for different reasons. Just because like each project had its own obstacles and things that I learned along the way. Yeah. Uh, but like I, I feel like there's there's one in particular. It's called um, 81 Wellesley. It's a real estate development project that I worked on through my first job, mm-hmm. and it was like the first project that I worked on as a designer there. It was like, I think within the first year of me being there, cause I had been doing a lot of production work and like, you know, just kind of building up my skills in order to take on a project like this. And yeah. like the branding was already set in place and I was working alongside this amazing art director. Um, and she just like really gave me some, like a lot of freedom to work on these deliverables under this brand. And like, it taught me so much and it was my first big project as a designer out in the industry. And like, looking back and like, I'm so proud of all the work that I was able to do. And like, also looking back, realizing like how much I didn't know, because I was a lot of guesswork as to like what to do for certain deliverables because I was so new, but uh-huh. it's, it's really great to look back and be like, like I did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, and I'm alive and I, it turned out okay. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so what has been the most influential design or piece of art of your life so far? It could be something you've seen, something you've designed, um, or something that's, you know, always inspired you. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm inspired by so much. And I feel like it's, it's it kind of like one of those things too, where it's depending on what you're doing, you're inspired by certain things. So I don't think I could just narrow it down to one, but in terms of um, something that always amazes me is like when when a designer is given a project, whether it be me or another designer, how each designer comes up with their own unique solution. So no matter, like if you go to one designer versus the other, you're always going to end up with a different solution. It's not going to be like the same one. And I think that's just so fascinating that we're all so unique that we can just come to a different solution, but still like fits the client's needs. That's a really good perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever run into creative blocks and how do you get past them? All the time. Um, like, yeah, all the time. Um, 
in terms of like getting past them, it kind of depends. Um, a lot of the time, like I'll just like step away from it, you know, like close the window, go work on something else. Um, or I'll be working like side by side, like, okay, let's work on one thing for one hour, one thing for another hour. Or if I'm like really stuck, I'll just like close it completely and then revisit the next day with uh, fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like stopping designing altogether and like going outside, getting some fresh air, walking around the block, just like just resetting your mind and then coming back at it again, like again with fresh eyes really helps you to focus in. I'm like, okay, like this is the first thing that I look at when I see this layout. Okay. I need to like adjust this and it helps you to like really look. Cause like if you're looking at something for like 10 hours straight, you're just going to go bonkers. So it's, it's really important to like reset your brain. Definitely makes sense. Get outside, go for a walk, see something Mm -hmm. different. Yes. And fresh air is great. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely (laughs) is. Uh, What would you say is unique uh, about your design or your create your creative process, Emily's creative process. Um, yeah, I I don't know because it's like I've talked to a few designers and it kind of feels like we all have relatively the same process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to say like what's particularly unique about mine. I mean, I think it kind of goes back to like I don't actually spend a lot of time like sketching. Like I just I love doing the digital thing, so I feel like there are designers out there that do spend more time on the sketching and I, whereas I kind of jump into more of like the digital side of it just because it is a lot freer, but yeah, I I don't know if there's anything particularly that I can think of off the top of my head. That's particularly unique to me. You know, as I think about this question, it's almost the, the answer to it almost all of the time is what is different or what's unique about your design and creative process is your worldview, everything in your life that has happened up until Mm -hmm. now is what yeah. drives you just a little bit different than everybody else. That's very true. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. We'd have to edit that question. <laughs> uh, has social media changed the world of graphic design or mm-hmm. process? And do you feel social media is beneficial or harmful? I feel like social media has definitely changed a lot in this world. Um, and I think, yeah, definitely in design. Um, Cause in terms of like how people share things, like, you know, however many years ago, I don't think I would have access to the amount of influential design as I do today. And mm-hmm. so like when I'm researching for projects, like all the things that have been shared on social media, like I'll go and look like Instagram is a big source of inspiration for me because of all the designers that post their work up on Instagram or like, you know, Pinterest, like places like that. It's just like this hub of amazing inspiration that people can go to that I don't think would have been available, you know, 20 plus years ago but -hmm. I mean I know they would have had different sources of inspiration so they could have come about a solution in a different way um and I you know social media always has cons too but I feel like it does have a lot of pros good point it's another source of inspiration yes yes who is a designer or a brand that you look up to or closely follow and what about that designer or brand do you like I've always admired Jessica Hish. Um, she's a hand letter illustrator designer ever since I was in university. Um, she's just, she's so fun and like vibrant and her work is so expressive and clean and just all around beautiful. Um, and it's just, it's just so amazing that like you can just see her personality through her work, no matter what she does, you can just be like, Oh yeah, of course. Like she did that. You can just automatically see she has like kind of like signature about her work. Uh, and I so, yeah, I've always admired her and, you know, whenever I'm kind of stuck, that's actually one of, 
like I'll usually go to her website and start like digging up different things to get a little bit of inspiration as to like what she's done. Cause she also talks a lot about her process on her website, which is really great. Um, so yeah. And like, I have one of her books too, and it's called in progress and it's just, it's so inspiring. I love her work. That's cool. Jessica Hish. I got to look into that. I haven't heard of her before. Oh yeah. She's amazing. Uh, how can design make a difference in people's lives? Um, I would say it's, it's, it's basically like the difference between buying a product or not. So if a product has a really bad design versus a product that has a really good design, you're probably going to tend to buy the one that looks nicer, is more beautiful, even if it's a little bit more expensive because of like the feeling you get when you hold the brand and just like, it's just so pretty to look at. Um, and you know, in terms of like making a difference in people's lives, I mean, it like allows an artist like myself to make a living off of being creative every day, which is like the best thing. Like I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. And I like, I get to make a living off of being an artist, Very which cool. is something that I've wanted to do since I was like in grade nine. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> just a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Just a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're working on a project or you've been a part of a project, how do you, how do you gauge or how do you know if your designs are resonating with the intended audience? Um, so it depends, like at my previous company, um, it was a, uh, data analytics company. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time we would set out designs and there would actually be data that we could go and collect, um, like, you know, how people are interacting with it, whether or not they're like clicking through the link to get to the website, um, different hover spots on the website. So this is more of like a digital side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit like in terms of, you know, products that sell, like you can go in and be like, okay, what products aren't selling? What are, like, why are they selling more than others? You know, you can send out surveys as to like what people are, like how people are interacting with certain things. Um, and then even just thinking about like as a consumer yourself, like, what are you looking for, for certain things like, you know, in a product or in a brand and like, how can you include that with the brand for the next time? Or, you know, did you include it this time? Very interesting. Yeah. I can I visualize myself, uh, you know, whenever I'm grocery shopping, Yes. Uh, you know, I will pay more for certain things based on packaging. Yep. So that's yep. definitely a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, take us to a design or a project you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. And what was that like? Um, so for me, it was just like there's a few projects where I put a lot of time and an effort into um, and like they get put on hold and they get put on hold for a lot of like for months and months on end. And you just don't know where it was. And you like spent days upon days of like putting all of this emotion and work into it. Like there was one where. I did this like really cool illustration for it. And like, there was a lot of back and forth between us internally as a team. And like, we would send it out. The client seemed really happy with it. And then all of a sudden, like a few weeks later, they're just like, it just came to a halt. And we were like, Oh, what's going on? They're just like, you know, we just don't want to go with it, like through with this anymore. And we're kind of just like, Oh, like, (laughs) and so you kind of just, you're just like, Oh, that's, that kind of sucks. Cause it's like, you start to get really excited about what you're working on and like, Oh, I can't wait to show all these people. And then it's just like, it doesn't even get an opportunity to make it out into the world. And you just like, you get really sad about it, but it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, that's kind of what you have to expect as a designer that like, you know, you could be in love with this design so much, but the client at the end of the day, if they're not happy, it's not going to go through. Yeah. I imagine it would be hard to not, you know, take that personally. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I do take it personally and sometimes like you just kind of get used to it. They're just like, okay, like on to the next thing. And then and even too, like if it's not put on hold and the client's just not happy with it, you just kind of like you work with the client until they are happy with it. And then like, 
I don't know. I always get the joy of like when the client's happy, like I'm super happy. So like then it kind of just like everything else beforehand was like, okay, I can, I can get through that. Yeah. That's, I guess, yeah, you're, you sort of get used to, not used to it, but yeah. Yeah. You've been through it a couple of times. So you understand how to, how to move on to the next thing. Yes. So in your opinion, what's Mm -hmm. next in graphic design and do you see any emerging trends? Um, for me, I've seen like a lot of, um, colorful gradients lately. So just like from, instead of just being like one color and like just the ombre effect, it's just like colorful gradients, like from colorful gradient to colorful gradient, um, brighter color palettes in general. I've seen a lot of that lately. Um, a lot more simplicity in like, this is again, like a different one, but there's a lot of simplicity, um, asymmetrical design, um, typography that's a lot bigger and bolder and like bleeds off of pages um, more playful typography in general, custom illustrations are really big lately. Um, and animations are making a name for themselves. Animations, not GIFs, right? GIFs, GIFs. (laughs) I say GIFs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, real illustrations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Real illustrations. (laughs) Perfect. Um, so what piece of advice now that you've been out in, you know, the groove for a number of years out from school doing freelance and, you know, in the trenches of the industry, Mm -hmm. uh, what piece of advice would you offer to new design grads looking to learn or make their mark in the industry? I have a few pieces of advice because this is what I would tell myself, uh, if I was just starting out, have confidence in yourself. Because, you know, you've you've made it here for a reason, like whether it be like you're, you've graduated, you're starting a new job, or you have a whole bunch of interviews lined up, you have made it there for a reason. So just have that confidence in yourself that you can do this, because mm-hmm. you can. Um, and you know, even if you don't get, like, a job right away, like, that's not to say that you're not a talented designer. It's just, it's just not a right fit with that company. So just, like, know that you will find the right position for you out there. Um and find your passion because like in graphic design, there's so many different umbrellas that you can go to. You can go to print, packaging, like UX, just like find what makes you super happy and then just like run with it. And if you become tired of that, just go to something else. Like you don't have to stay with the same like field of design for the rest of your life. Like go and explore. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Um, soak up the feedback because that's how you're going to grow. I love feedback personally. Like I just, it's one of those things where it's just like, you, it makes me happy when like other designers are like, Oh, do this, do that. Like, you know, you can improve it this way. And it's just like, it's great. Cause you can like pick and choose what you want to do. And then like it helps to push the design forward. And ultimately at the end of the day, that's what you want to do as a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just build a network of designers around you. You know, I have a really great group of designer friends around me that I go to all the time for advice and help. And it's just great to have people to talk to that understand what your frustrations are day to day in a design job. And, you know, if you need advice as to where to go next, they will help you. That is great advice. Yes. <laughs> so then my final question is, what is one design product or a tool or website or community that you just cannot live without? Um, I went with the answering of the tool. And for me, it's Adobe Illustrator. I use it every single day um, for my illustrations for um, like making logos, like it's definitely not one of those things where you go to for layout, but just, you know, like, cause that would be uh, InDesign, but like for me, just Adobe Illustrator, I use it all the time. And it's just, it's so fun to work with. It's like a glorified paint. Like when I was a kid, I would use paint all the time. And it's just, it's, it's so fun to work with. I love it. Very great. Great tool. Adobe Illustrator.
Yes. Uh, Emily, thank you very much for your time here. It was awesome chatting with you again. Oh, thank um, you. We'll definitely be in touch soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dave. No problem. Take care. Take care. Bye.